Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, indeed we know that the chains of sin continue to bind this world. We see it with the very things going on in the world around us at this time. The impact of illness and disease. Lord, we pray that during this time you would point people to the light of salvation, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. That in the midst of the darkness of all that is going on, your light might shine. It might shine in our world and in the hearts and lives of your people as we care for and love one another. We pray, be with us through this time. Pick us up and carry us when needed. Walk alongside of us. And we pray, point us always to the cross of salvation in Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Again, welcome to all of you who are worshiping with us online at home. Uh, The last time I checked and I couldn't help, there were about 60 families or so worshiping online. And I'm guessing from various parts of our nation as word gets out that we are webcasting live. Again, in the midst of all of the things we face, it can often seem like, especially since we don't know where the end is, is that we are in a tunnel and we can barely see the light at the end of the tunnel right now if we can see it at all. But the reality is in the world of darkness around us, our Savior still reigns and he still lives. And in the midst of this Lenten season, as we reflect upon our own sin and where we're at in our own walk with God, we find that there is nothing in us that deserves what he brings to us in the cross. It's kind of like this morning's gospel lesson, that that wonderful lesson of the man who was born blind and, and Jesus comes across him. He says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Apparently, that was a an appropriate question at that time, that you could uh, attribute all sin to something uh, that we had done wrong. And, and, and we still kind of think that way. We still think that our sin is the things that we do wrong. And we often forget that we are by nature sinful. That these things happen to us in our world, whether someone's born blind or deaf, or whether someone uh, contracts an illness or a disease, that they must have done something wrong. We forget that we are by nature sinful and unclean and no one is righteous, not even one. Jesus responds to his disciples, it's not that this man sinned or his parents, but rather that the works of God might be displayed in him. And and, and that's a wonderful line because what Jesus is telling us is that even though we are by nature sinful and we don't deserve righteousness or salvation, that Jesus still displays his work in our lives. You see, if you notice in this story, the man who is born blind doesn't ask to be forgiven doesn't ask to be healed. 
Jesus simply comes to him, grabs some dirt, spits in it, makes some mud, puts it on the man's eyes, and then says, go and wash. And so this man who is being anointed with the very water, be it muddy water, is very much like us. For we are born spiritually blind and sinful, and Jesus anoints us with the waters of holy baptism. And we who are blind can now see. This man goes and he washes in the pool of Siloam. Again, anointing with water, a cleansing water that restores his sight. The Pharisees catch wind of it. This man who is now giving testimony about this Jesus who anointed his eyes. And I love it because it's much like, I think, going to the doctor's. You go to the first uh, person at the doctor's office and they go, why are you here? And you tell them this long story about why you're there and how you're feeling and everything. And then the next person comes in and says, well, why are you here? And your story gets a little short, shorter. And finally the doctor shows up, why are you here? And you just give this nice concise story. Did you notice that in the gospel lesson today? The man gives the long colluded story. You know? He says, uh, well, you see, I was born blind and this man came and he spit in some mud and he put it on my eyes and he told me to go wash myself. And then I went and washed myself and, and after I washed myself, then I could see. And the next person asks him the same story. He says, well, I was blind, he put mud on my eyes, I washed the story gets a little shorter every time. We do that. That's human nature. What's our story? What do we share when people ask us about how we live and who we are and what we believe? Our tendency is to be rather short because maybe we've been asked it several times and we say, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus. Maybe perhaps we ought to step back a little bit and tell the fuller story. Maybe we ought to give time to people to expand a little bit and say, you know, I was a sinner apart from God. But God still loved me. God sent his son into this world because of his love for me and for you. And that Savior went to a cross and he died for my sins. And in the midst of the darkness of this world, he is the light of my salvation. That's what we need to remember. That he's the light of the world. And the world seems like a pretty dark place right now. Other than about the ten of us who are gathered here, everybody else, all of you, are at home. You're tuning in to listen because you still want to be connected. You still want to hear the word. But in whatever, whatever way we can, we need to connect to those around us. As I mentioned during the children's message, absent children here, but hopefully at home, Use the telephone, the iPads. Or if you're out, stand your six feet away. But connect to people and let them know that Jesus is the light of the world and there's still hope in this world because Jesus lives and Jesus is here in our lives. He's the one who lights our path even though it seems a bit dark in our world at this time. And we walk in the light every day. And we have opportunity to minister to the world around us. We have volunteers willing to take groceries to our senior citizens or those who are in need. 
or stop by the pharmacy and pick up the medicines, whatever it takes to continue to show love to one another. It's important for us during this time to continue to be connected not only to each other, but also to Jesus Christ. You see, one of the things that I remember is, is you could be afraid of the dark. You could be in fear of the dark. I remember as a little kid, I was afraid of the dark and I'd have bad dreams sometimes at night. And I remember my parents uh, getting me this, this little glow-in-the-dark Jesus thing. Uh, on the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And those are in the days when, you know, they would put all of this glow-in-the-dark stuff, irregardless of the radiation that it emitted, and, and, and get it charged up by the light and it would hang on my bedroom wall. And if I woke up from a bad dream, I could look at that and I could see Jesus. Well, in the midst of darkness and the fears that we face in this world right now, the cure is the same. It's still Jesus Christ. And we need not be afraid of what tomorrow holds, of illness or disease or despair or loss of work, for Jesus is there. And there is some light at the end of the tunnel. No, there's light in our lives each and every day. It amazes me in our world, though, that people can be afraid of the dark, but there are so many people who are afraid of the light. You start talking about Jesus to people and they're afraid of that. As if somehow Jesus is going to interrupt their lives or their way of living, or maybe they think that somehow Jesus is going to remake them or reshape them into somebody that maybe they might be uncomfortable with. And I, I, I hate to say this, that's probably all true. Because Jesus is still even shaping our lives as, uh, as believers, as Christians. He's still working and sometimes he still pushes us into places we're not quite comfortable with. But he's gifted us with talents and abilities and he's called us to serve him in his kingdom even in those uncomfortable places. But the one thing we need to remember in the midst of, of our service, in the midst of the time that we face, is, is the cross shines brightly in the darkness. And it's the light of the cross, even in the midst of this Lenten season, it's the light of the cross that calls us to see what it is that Christ has done for us. That he took upon himself our sin, our unrighteousness, our separation from him. And he died in our place and shed his blood to cover us, to wash away our sin. And so we know that the Lord is indeed our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? No one. Because Christ overcomes all. And we find our hope and our joy and our salvation in Christ. And what's going on in the world should not get us down or discourage us. It's simply something that we know that Christ will guide us and be there with us through it all. We do the statistics and do the math. Odds are that someone we are connected to in some way I go back to that game we used to play a few years ago, you know, so many degrees of separation between us and Kevin Bacon. I only played it once. 
But we're all related to somebody somewhere, and, and, get, and statistics show that we're all going to be connected somehow to someone who probably loses their life from this virus. And we go, oh no. The reality is, is Scripture reminds us that we face death all day long. And we're connected with people who die every day regardless of what the virus might be or the illness might be or whatever health situation they face or whatever accident they might encounter. And the only answer and the only hope and the only uh, uh, cure for death in this world is Jesus Christ and, and salvation by him. And so for us as believers, nothing really has changed other than our daily situation and, and the way that we're asked to contain and, and self-isolate and all of those things to protect the lives of people around us. But the greatest protection that we can give is to share the joy of salvation in Jesus Christ and to point them heavenward. Because even if our life is destroyed, if this flesh is destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God, for I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. That's the message. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom? Of what? Shall I be afraid? Yes, our lives are disrupted. We can't do things right now the same way we've always done them. But he gives us new opportunities and a different outlook and perhaps even a more receptive audience to talk to them about the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We have opportunity to point people to him in this time, to help remove the scales from their eyes, to give the testimony of the blind man, I don't know. But I do know this, I was blind, but now I see. You want to hear it again? I was blind, but now I see. The world tries to overcome me, but the light of Christ gives me hope and joy and salvation, and we stand in his light every day. My friends, until we can all gather together here again in this place with worship all together, we continue to do it in whatever way we can rejoicing in the fact that we are still the body of Christ with many members and each of us called to share the faith, to live the faith each day in the hope that we have. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.